Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Does the Bible direct our lives? Praise God, they're alive here. So God speaks primarily through the written word of God. If that's not part of your life, if it's not on your devotion time, who's speaking to you? It's a great danger because many voices in our life, many voices, Satan, other people telling you what to do, me telling myself what to do. So it's the word of God that's doing that in our lives. There are many voices you could be listening to today, your own, some celebrity, even some celebrity preacher. The question you should be asking is, which voice will give me the best advice and guidance? Pastor Mark will tell you that it's God's voice. He'll be teaching you why you should use God's voice as your primary guide. You'll learn why the other voices, including your own, aren't trustworthy and where they'll let you down. You'll come to find out that there are even voices that want to do you harm. You'll learn what those are and how to stay away from them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 6, as he continues his series, Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. This is our third week in a series called Come Apart or Come Apart. Now, there's sometimes in life when we don't get really the fact that's happening in our life. And in a moment, you're going to see an older lady uh, who doesn't understand the fact that she's really getting old. Don't look at anybody else right now. That's okay. Okay. So here it is. Here it is. She's a lady there, and she says this, I believe my house is haunted. Every time I look in a mirror, a crazy old lady stands in front of me, so I can't see my reflection. Are you kidding me? She's looking for somebody else. She has no clue she's that old. I love it. I thought it was really funny. You know, there's two things that people don't get in our world specifically. They don't understand these facts. That lady was older. These people, I would say 80% of people in our world don't understand these two verses. Here they are. They not only don't understand them, if they read them, they don't believe them. Here it is. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for man to direct his steps. And since that's true, how the world do we do life? Here is the next verse. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. 
This is foundational. This starts in the book of Genesis. And it ends at the end of the book of Revelation. That's the way we do life. You see, only God knows the plans he has for each one of us. They're unique. They're, they actually, God has plans for us before we even were born. He knows where he wants to use us. He gifts us, certainly, different ways. We're all equal, but he has those plans for us. And only God can direct our lives. You can't direct your own life. Well, you can try it. 80% of the world probably does try it. It doesn't work. Impossible. And when we let God direct our lives, and you'll see how that works today, specifically, we have hope, we have wisdom, we have purpose, we have meaning. We basically, we're doing exactly what God directed us to do. So when we hear God speak to us, notice, it's not for his own, but he will direct us. How does God actually direct us? The main way God directs us is the written word of God. This is the main way he speaks to us, and I'll share that in a moment. The second way is the Holy Spirit, the inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us and directs us in our lives. And to know either one of those voices, God through the Bible or the Holy Spirit inner prompting, you have to spend time with them. You have to communicate with them. You have to understand what that looks like. You see, when you're trying to get to know somebody, to know them, you have to spend time with them, and you have to communicate with them. If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you're, one of your kids are getting ready to date somebody else, you want to have them over the house for dinner, you want to make sure you get to know them, basically. Now, the more we know God personally the more we trust God. So this little setup is very simple. This is God. He directed you. He made you in his image. This is for every single person. This is God. And this is a Christian. This is a Christian, a Christ follower. And you, uh, to have a relationship with God, it has to be this kind of, we have to spend time together And we have to communicate together. Now, it's not communication just one way. Prayer is two-way communication, same as it is in the marriage. So this is what we've been talking about. Now, when you see those two seats there, what needs to be primary? Well, the primary thing is the Bible. Because this is going to be God in a quiet time in the morning. Now, the Holy Spirit's involved, but the Bible is God's mind If you ever want to know what God thinks, you just open the Bible. It's there. You've seen this before, but I think it just fits perfect. The Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Basic instructions before leaving earth. You see, everything we are as Christians, Christ followers, every decision we make should come from the principles of the Word of God. This is not just a book. It's alive. It's written by God. It's perfect. It covers everything you ever need to know. Now, this is valuable because this is the way God designed it. He wrote it. It's his mind. He allowed the Holy Spirit really to write it and then use people to put it in words for us. Now, everything that's happened in your life must come from those principles. Now, 
two things are primary. The main reason God wrote the Bible is that we could know him personally, his characteristics, what he's like. There isn't anybody I'm talking to that's been up to heaven, talked to God, kind of have a little picture, snapshot, maybe had a little picture with them. None of us have been there. So we're trying to figure out who is God. Well, this tells us who he is, what his character is. Remember, when Jesus came to this earth, he came really to go to the cross and bring us salvation and forgiveness. But he also came for another reason. He came to show us what God was like. Remember what Jesus would say. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when you see the character of Jesus, we got to see him. That's what the disciples learned. Wow, that's what God's like. Well, that's the very first reason that you do this. It's not to know about God. It's to know God personally in your life. See, religion is very different. Religion is knowing about God. Personal relationship is Christianity. You have a personal relationship with the God that you serve. Now, the second reason is we can know how to do life. It is the roadmap of life. You want to know how to do your life? There it is. You need the Holy Spirit because there's some things that won't be in there, but the principles are there. And the Holy Spirit is the one that will guide you and change those things in your life. Now, there is a danger because many people have the Bible They might even go to church, and as you know today, it's a difficult thing in our world with churches, especially here in Europe and plenty of places. You know, in England, about 2% of the people in England go to church. Can you imagine that? That's where Christianity came to the United States from. Amazing. So if God is out of the picture of your life, there's going to be chaos. If God's out of the picture of your life, that means you are trying to do life by yourself. It simply doesn't work. It's always a dead end. And yet, we kind of get there because there's always spiritual warfare like this. Now, remember, way back in the garden, the first thing that Satan did when he came to Eve as he tempted her, remember, he said to her, did God really say? Well, that's because he hates the word of God. And he always lies about it. Did God really say, don't do this? Of course he did. And so many churches today, well, that's outdated. Look, the Bible isn't like a carton of milk. It's written, and it's always going to be true. If you're one of those people that are starting to think, well, it's outdated, you better get back to God, because this is as up-to-date as the day it was written. Now... Understand what's happening. When we choose to disobey God, that means we're not meeting with him. We go our own way. The result of that is very evident. Our own life comes apart. See, unless I'm coming apart to meet with God, my life will come apart. If you're not spending time with God, and of course, in his word... That's What does it look like in my life? Here it is. Confusion. Lack of peace. You know conviction. You know pain. The big one? Regret. And God's discipline. One of the main reasons we disobey God is we simply don't take time to 
to meet with him. We simply try to do life our own way. We're going to talk about this time of meeting with him, having a quiet time, 15 minutes a day, five days a week, whatever. Many people think that's just foolishness. You can't do life without meeting with God and hear him speak to you through the word of God. Weekend is good. Thank you. Good to have you today. That's wonderful. But you need yourself time to hear God speak to you. And we'll talk. Actually, we're going to practice that today through the teaching. Now, there's many ways to meet with God. It just, of course, doesn't happen in two chairs in your room. Let me bring God back in the picture. Is that okay with you? Okay, he's back in our life. Now, there's many ways to meet with him. One of the ways that I learned a long time ago, and I just want you to see this, it's called journaling. It's the daily discipline of examining and evaluating my life. My wife doesn't do mine. I do mine and she does hers. Of evaluating my life in a written form. Now, in the old days, I used to just use a journal. Just a piece of paper and had a journal. And I'd write down three categories. Yesterday. And you'll see that in a moment. Evaluate myself yesterday. Number two, the Bible. That's what we're talking about today. And number three, just a simple line down here, prayer. And that's the way I did my journal for man, maybe 15 or 20 years. And after three or four years, I just threw those up because it's going to be fresh here. And I just did that. It doesn't take long. It was just a way to remind me. I don't do that anymore here. It's a fine way to do it. I use my iPad, and it's called Day One. It's free. You can go to it. And one of the reasons I like it is because I can look back and see things that God has done for me because it's by the date. And I can just go through it. And, of course, I can just get rid of them. I don't have to do it. It's good because when I type, it corrects my typing. Now, here we go. Let's look at evaluate yesterday. Psalm 26.2 says it like this. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Notice, my heart and my mind. Now, who am I asking to evaluate me? God. You're actually evaluating yourself, but God is going to speak to you. So, We examine our lives by what the Bible says. That helps us keep a tender heart and a short list of things that could be moving me away from God. And God will speak to us. Don't go there. Careful, careful, careful. Now, when you evaluate, it isn't just good things or just bad things. It's a mixture. This is just an example of what I do from time to time. I definitely don't do all of those every day. I don't have time. You won't have time. Pick a few out. Here we go. People I met. Did I even, when I met somebody, did I ask God, should I speak to them? Or how's it going? Whatever. Decisions you made. You ever come home after a week or so and you made some decisions? You go, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Well, you have to evaluate. See, if you don't evaluate yourself, you'll never grow. You'll never grow. How can I do this better? Or why did I do that? Also, here we are, how well you lived like Jesus. Do you realize that people are watching your life? Every single person, when you're working with in school and neighborhood, they're watching your life. Did I live like Jesus? Now, nobody's perfect, obviously, but they're watching our lives. Did you use your time? Well, the most valuable thing you have is time. And did you acknowledge that the Holy Spirit lives in you 24-7? That's a big one for all of us. You know that I practice that quite often in the mornings. 
while I'm laying in bed. We're not up yet. My wife's still sleeping. I just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I just begin to ask him to speak to me. That helps. And we'll talk about that later. Do you know that Saturday morning, my sermon was all done. The Holy Spirit woke me up at 4 o'clock. And basically, he said, everything's good, but I want you to rearrange a few things. Really? I'm done for the weekend. I put 25 hours already in this. It's perfect. No, I did not say that. I got up and rearranged some things. The dog was having fun. Our dog once a week, or every couple weeks anyway, goes over to a friend. They have popcorn night. And so she has a vacation. And she comes to our church, and they take care of our dog when we go on mission trips and whatever. And they just sit at the table. They're playing a game, and they just shoot the popcorn. She loves She doesn't want to come home. She's out there. So she wasn't in the room where I had to go change the sermon. So I went in and got on the computer. I'm changing the sermon. It took me about an hour to finish it all. And I love what God spoke to me. See, God will speak to you anytime as you're doing all that. Now, think about that. Here is where we go. That's yesterday. Now, this is Bible study and meditation. Listen to verse 105, Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, if I need to know how to go, it's a step at a time. You don't want to get ahead of God, and you don't want to get behind God. Your word is a lamp to my feet. I'm going to go this way. And then the light shines. I go three steps, turn to the right. It's not about the right or wrong. It's where I'm going. It directs me. Now, your word, your what? Hello? Say it with me. The Bible. Is the Bible direct our lives? Okay, four of you are with me here. What's the other 95 of you doing? Come on. You got to react. Can I hear it? Does the Bible direct our lives? Praise God, they're alive here. So look at the next one. God speaks primarily through the written word of God. If that's not part of your life, if it's not on your devotion time, who's speaking to you? It's a great danger because many voices in our life, many voices, Satan, other people telling you what to do, me telling myself what to do. So it's the word of God that's doing that in our lives. Now, when you think all that's working, take a look at this. No person can do life right apart from God and his word. You cannot live right. And that means our quiet time needs to become a habit, a habit. Proverbs 8 says it like this. Blessed is the man who listens to me watching every few weeks. Oh, you're getting it here and there. Way to go. Daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. Now, I want all of us, I want you to say this out loud to me at the count of three. Here we go. Habit. Come on. Habit. Regular. Consistent. That's what it takes. You see... If I'm not regularly, consistently a habit, 15 minutes a day or in the word, however you want to work it, it's not legalistic. Don't go crazy with it. But if you're not there, you will live by speculation. We have the revelation of God right here. You don't want to speculate how to do things. You want to go by what God says in your life. Now, 
Jesus began, remember in his ministry, one of the first things that happened to him after he was filled with the Spirit, he was led in the wilderness, and Satan came to him and began to tempt him. Look at this word that Jesus speaks, Matthew. It is written, man does not live on bread alone, food, physical food, but on, say it with me, every word. How many words? Every word. That comes from the mouth of who? See, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. You see, what Jesus is trying to say is, we need more than physical food for our survival. The bread that we eat to nourish our body is good. It, it grows. It helps us. Some of you, I won't talk about all kinds. You have a new Culver's down here and all the food they have. I won't talk about all the desserts because you'll just get up and leave. Now, let me just say this. That physical strength that I need in growing comes physically from that kind of food. But I'm not just a body. The real you is body, soul. It's the mind, your will. It's the mind, your will, and emotions. And then the real part of us is the spirit. So what Jesus is trying to say is this. Yes, of course we need food. Of course that's how we live. But it's more than that. Our spirit is the part that relates to God. And that spirit needs to be fed to be healthy spiritually. And so the Bible is the thing that nurtures our spiritual needs in a way that not only benefits like our food does for here, it benefits us eternally. It relates to God. If I neglect the Bible, I will never be spiritually healthy. If you would only eat once a week, how would you be? You eventually will die. You can't live that way. And many Christians don't understand. We're not talking legalistic again. But if we neglect the Bible, we'll never be spiritually healthy. Now, I have a statement that I wrote down many, many years ago. How many know when you go to the dentist, you go to the dentist, you're going to have your teeth clean? You go to the dentist, and the gal or the guy, whoever is going to clean your teeth, you know, like cement off your teeth and all that stuff. What is one of the questions she asks you when you're in there? How many times do you floss? Now, why would she ask that? Because she's trying to get the stuff off your teeth, is what she's doing. How often do you floss? Am I right? Okay. Well, how often you floss depends on the health of your teeth. Is that right? Exactly right. Here's what Adrian Rogers says. Uh, This is classic. Only floss the teeth you want to keep. That is classic, isn't it? Only floss the teeth you want to keep. Hello, read the Bible if you want to keep your spirit healthy. That's it. I'm not coming to look at your mouth. I'm not interested in your mouth. I'm interested in your spirit, which I can't see, but I can tell from your face if it's healthy. Today, Pastor Mark shared two facts that most people either don't know or don't believe that their lives aren't their own, and that they don't direct their own steps. You also found out that the Bible is the roadmap for your life. When times get tough, and if they haven't already, they will, your source for the answers is God. He does that communication through the Bible, His Word. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue with this series called Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. You'll learn more about spending quality time one-on-one with God. Pastor Mark will be telling you more Bible verses talking about the importance of of developing an intimate relationship with God. You'll be told about the advantages to your inner man, your spirit, as you spend time with God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue in this series called Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.